Colin, for shame, you haven't read Monster Manual? Oh my god, there's so much good stuff in there. Uh, I'm going to be honest, I'm on uh, P, I think, uh, and I'm, I'm reading it a little bit each night, and there's some really good stuff in there. Um, I have, um, since Mike Shea uh, was called out by Mike Merles by not re for not reading the Monster Manual, I have read every book that has come out, which was uh, Mordenkainen's Forward, I think. I haven't read Velos all the way through. Um, but I've read those monster details, and there's so much good lore and so much good stuff in there. Um, but this kind of goes back to what Ray Otis was saying when everything's, like, kind of locked down. And I don't believe that with 5e. I believe there, um, my opinions, there, there's some wishy-washy things in there. Um, stealth is one of them. It's big. It gets used a lot. Players want to use stealth, and it's not exactly clear where it's going to be. I'm at 50 seconds, so it looks like I'm pulling a Jackson. Hello, I'm Colin Green, and you are listening to Spike Pit, episode 126. At the top of the show there, we heard from Rich Fraser, Cockatrice Nuggets. He is the man that I turn to for all my D&D Beyond advice. He kind of got me fired up about it and quite excited. I've gone on to check out all sorts of resources and um, I think this is the sort of thing that's perhaps perhaps driving the popularity of 5e it really kind of spans all the different media there's just a wealth of information out there for all the different flavors of content really you know if any any aspect of D&D that you can think of I'm pretty sure, you know, they're, they're addressing it in one way or another. Um, and yeah, man, the 5e Monster Manual, wow. I, I started to look through it, then I got caught up in reading other rule sets and, and, and bits and bobs. And I know it gets it gets some criticism for the size of the stat blocks, which, if you're trying to write an adventure and include all the stat blocks in the text, um, yeah, I can see how it gets to be a little bit of a problem. I, I'm i not really too bothered about that. I quite like to put my monsters on um, index cards in a paraphrased form. But another thing, you know, if you want to throw a bit of money at 5e, they're, they're, they're always going to be happy to take it and provide you with monster cards, which means you know i do away with the index cards and i can use monster cards i did an episode with my son where we unboxed one of the monster card sets and you know i was impressed and um you know that's that's going forward that's what i'm going to use i'll probably still keep my index cards because i write my npcs in there and uh monsters that i make up and um I quite often will do locations and encounters on index cards as well. I do like these little mind map things, which um, I started putting a few up on my Patreon, actually, um, for the pit crew to take a look at. So Rich has done two call-ins, the second of which I'm going to play now. However, unfortunately, the first part of the message is none too clear. I think you can get the gist of it if you listen really hard, but... Uh, Maybe with headphones you'll be okay. 
but if you're driving, it's probably going to be a no-no. So bear with us on this one. I think he's got some good stuff to say. I guess is what they say um, but everything fits really tightly in 5e and even if you dink around with some of that stuff it it doesn't fall apart which is really nice you can pull things out and you can add them together um, add new things in t bracket new things on the side um, and it all kind of works together with this this core rule right um, and I think that it being so locked down as Ray said makes it easier when you go to create something you have this blueprint of things that are has already been made for you that you can totally copy all right that's all I got to say this time tight and solid that's what I think Rich I don't I, I don't find it so bolted down maybe in the way that Ray Otis does and um, who else talked about it was it Froth uh, can't remember now but um yeah, I've got a call out to Ray. He's going to t hopefully going to talk a little bit more about what he means by bolted down and how it affects his his sort of um, design process. But I'm with you. Uh, I've heard a few other people talk about it that they find it actually quite easy to design for Five E. And I I was having this f thought yesterday about opposed roles and how would I how did I tackle that back in the day say say if you get um, a regular orc from BX uh, but you'd had a, a not a hostile reaction and and somehow your player characters ended up in some sort of orc arm wrestling competition I was just trying to remember how whether whether we would use some sort of strength check or or what mechanism we would use to resolve arm wrestling an orc because obviously old school you had a totally different set of monster stats whereas in 5e the monsters are really kind of like an npc in in terms of stats they've got got all the stats that the characters have got um and you just do a an opposed strength check or strength with um, athletics so yeah I just couldn't remember so if someone wants to explain that to me again that would be pretty cool but the opposed checks is something that I in 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 terms of design or running an, an adventure the opposed checks the DCs uh, the difficulty Setting all that sort of stuff, I just find pretty intuitive using the uh, the core mechanism of 5e. But listen, this is not intended to be an addition war. This, as far as I'm concerned, 5e is just D and D, uh, and the sort of the solidness and the modularity of it. I'm convinced you can you can play D and D however you like and. The new streamlining of the rules just makes that a bit easier, in my uh, my humble opinion.
Hey, Colin, this is Angus from Critics Kids calling back for part two on your fifth edition episodes. Hey, the other thing I wanted to point out, again, I can't um, recommend highly enough the uh, Ben Riggs's Plot Points podcast. And again, episode 98 on five generations of D&D design. Also in that episode, right around the 12 minute mark, you have uh, Skip Williams discussing the influences on D&D, literary. And then the rest of the panel riffing on that. And that's fascinating conversation. But then at the 20 minute mark, Skip discusses how the original DMG for first edition, AD&D, came to being. And specifically, how there aren't any chapters in it. And how everyone there was asked to contribute an article for it, very similar to a magazine. Hence the layout being like it is. Kirby's Kids podcaster, Angus there, and with a very good tip, episode 98 of Plot Points is a D&D fan's dream. Some great names on there, and some great content, uh, a peek behind the curtains of the uh, early days of Dungeons and Dragons and a great listen. I thoroughly recommend it, as does Angus. And yeah, thanks for that uh, call in, mate. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And like I say, I really urge anybody listening to this, check it out. Well worth your time. In other news, listeners will know Spike Pit likes to keep things kind of uh, intimate and personal and grounded in reality. It's day three of the uh, Faldo Series uh, Junior Golf Tournament. And the boy last night was a little bit nervous. He's in the sort of middle of the field and uh, managed to make the cut. So we get to go into day three. That's today. And he's teeing off early again. An 8 a.m. start. Um, He plays off a handicap of nine. This is a scratch tournament, so handicaps don't count. So he's up against uh, some players that are a good deal better. So he's very pleased to make the cut. And, uh, yeah, it's been good. A few of his friends went home yesterday for an early bath. Uh, didn't quite play to their handicap, so that's that's a bit of a shame. But um, Bedfordshire still represented in this tournament, as well as... Spike pit. <laughs> I need to. <laughs> I need to get some um, uh, some sponsorship deal with him or something like that, perhaps. And he a spike pit uh, little flag on his bag or <laughs> uh, polo shirt, whatever. Enough of my tomfoolery. Back onto topic with D and D chat. We've got Che Webster from Roleplay Rescue up next. He's. Um, He's echoing the thoughts of an earlier call-in, I think a couple of episodes ago, from Joe Richter, who was sort of uh, a little bit bored by it all, really. The latest iteration of D&D, not really for him. Che, as you'll find out, is a little bit more conflicted, but some of the, some of the comments do confuse me, and, um, well, let's get to it. Hey Colin Che, uh, just want to respond on the 5e stuff really. Uh, I'm with kind of Joe Richter to a point. 
Um, I really, really, really want to like 5e. And I've played plenty of it, and it was fun for the players. Um, but I'll tell you what, all the character classes feeling the same. Okay, there are lots of options, but show me a wizard that hasn't taken Firebolt, because I've only seen one uh, of dozens. And seriously, yeah, they all do end up feeling very samey. Um and I kind of as GM got bored, and I think again it's back to this thing. It's a player's game. Lots of detail for the player. Lots of fun for the player. Jimming, yeah, it got a bit dull. I just wasn't excited by it. And, uh, but I'm back, and I'm looking at it, and that's all down to you, dude. So thank you for encouraging me to take another look. Okay, so the reason I'm confused is sort of what you say about finding it a bit dull. The players making characters that are a bit samey. Uh, I don't think that you could really fairly lay that at the door of the system. Um, there's there's plenty of ways and plenty of choices, and no version of D and D has got any limitation as far as I'm concerned. I think you you know you sit down to play D and D, you're really only limited by your imagination. Because, like the first, the golden rule is the the DM. Although I don't totally agree with this, but the DM, or let's say the group, can change it as much as they like. You don't have to be hampered by the guidelines of Adventurers League. Um, that's a little bit different, and not something I have any experience of whatsoever. Nor do I want it particularly. I ah, oh, I don't know, dull. Dull just strikes me as a, a strange feeling to have, unless there's just something else going on with the game that's that's making it dull. Maybe you need to liven it up with a bit of a different setting, take it away from the realms. I believe you said you're not a Forgotten Realms fan. Um, normally, I get fired up about settings more than systems. But anyway, man, you know, maybe I'm doing you an injustice. But it's good you're having another look at the starter set, and I think um, I think you'll enjoy that adventure in there. It's a nice little sandbox, the Lost Minds of Fandelva, with a, a good little, fairly kind of old school, if you like, type of adventure. A bit of a crawl in there, and um, lots of little interesting locations to explore. The uh, the first encounter, the goblin encounter, it's a kind of a typical ambush trope. Not a lot to go wrong there. But you um, quickly realise that 5e can be quite deadly. And if you had a bunch of players that mess up that first encounter, mate, you could be back into another one of your infamous TPKs. Man, I am really enjoying this uh, little run of 5e that we're having. Lots of good callings, lots of discussion. And, um, yeah, that's what I'm looking for at the Spike Pit. Keeping it civil, keeping it interesting. What more can you ask for? So, yeah, thanks, everybody. Once again, I've got more to get through, and um, keep them coming, and we'll keep banging out the episodes. Thanks to you, the listener. Thanks to the Pit crew over over at Patreon. And, um, yeah... Take care, I'll catch you later.